Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to Season 3 of A Most Unusual Tea Party, where we use the letter T to unlock a person's story, giving us an unusual look into the mystery guests who join me at the table. I'm Teresa Abram, a handwriting analyst and graphologist, and if you are curious about decoding the messages of the subconscious mind, then pour yourself a mug of something yummy and join me at the table. This season of the podcast, I don't know my guests before they join me at the table. All I know is their name, what their handwriting looks like, and that my mug is on hand. But before I spill the tea on what I'm drinking, you're going to find out who our mystery guest is at the same time I do, and you're going to find out what their love language is. So without further ado, let's find out who our mystery guest is today. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to get to know you. This season for a most unusual tea party, I don't know my guests at all. Nicole did put her hand up and she said, yes, I want to be on there. I want you to take a look at my handwriting and see what I can see and to spot your love language. But I don't know anything about you, Nicole. So I'm really curious. I, I would love to hear what is it that you do for a living? I do a lot for a living. So I have two businesses. I have a nursing education business and a business that helps nurses kind of change transition into another career or further their education. And then my other business is website design, which in 2021, I'll be adding the services as far as brand strategy is concerned, instead of just web design for businesses. Mm -hmm. So you're a very busy lady. Very busy. I also write, I ghost write, and I have books that I've written as well. What's, uh, what are your books about? Um, a majority of my books are on nursing education. I do have three uh, children's books that are completely unrelated to nursing education, actually. So a good majority of my books are nursing related. And then I branched out into the children's books a little bit later. Oh, that's very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. So in total, how many books do you have? I stopped counting at 30. Holy moly. Yeah. So um, I stopped counting about 30, but as far as uh, Amazon's concerned, I have 44, but uh, I say 30 original titles, but you know, you have your ebook, you have your paperback, you have your heart, you have different variations of it. So it's about 30. So when you are describing yourself, do you think of yourself as an author? You know, at first I didn't. So now when I'm describing myself, I think of myself as a multipreneur because I'm in a lot of different things. And it just seems like things have branched out from, you know, originally I've been a nurse for maybe 20 years in 2021. And so uh, branched out into writing, I had my business blog and I got offers for writing articles and publications. Now I ghostwrite for major universities. And then on top of that, they've seen my books. So things kind of like spread into other aspects. So I do a lot. So I consider myself a multipreneur. Multipreneur. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's very exciting. So let's take a look at this lovely, delightful handwriting sample that you gave me. One of the things I say it's lovely and delightful because you'll notice that your, your baseline has just a little bit of an uphill slant. And whenever I see that, that makes me feel happy. It's a very positive sign. It's, you are looking on the positive side. There is excitement there. There is enthusiasm you are looking forward. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Good. 
Yeah. And like I said, so whenever I see that, I'm always instantly like, yay, beautiful sample to see. Outside of that, the very first thing that caught my attention in your beautiful handwriting sample was the way that you do your letter G's. When you do your letter G's, they're almost like a figure eight. Yeah. A typical G, you have your circle and then you have it dropping down and you have it looping up. But your G's are very much like a figure eight and they're not always closed at the top. And what that means is that you are someone who is very creative in a visual way. So there's different ways to be creative. I see that. Do you? Well, when I had time before my daughter, I painted. So I have a lot of paintings. And as far as designing websites, oh yeah, that's very, and as a kid, I always drew. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's exactly what we see is that it's a visual way. Like if you're out going for a walk, you are going to be taking in the sights and the colors and how everything interplays with each other. Like, you know, the flowers and their colors and whether or not they work together, or maybe it doesn't quite work together. And you're going to probably play a little bit with your clothing and your personal style. You, you have that freedom to play with it, to see what works. What, what do I like the looks of today? Anything that's a delight to your eyes, you're going to like. And that gives us a really big clue into your primary love language. Okay. But we're not going to get into that yet. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you, though, that it's not acts of service. All right. Before we get into any of that stuff, let's take a look at your letter T, because of course, that's really what the tea party is all about. Now, when we look at your letter T, I really want to talk about this lowercase T that we see in the word absolute. And I love this one. There is so much excitement and enthusiasm in this letter T. What you have is that T bar crossing that is long. It actually extends over the next letter, the E, and it goes on an uphill slant. And that is just somebody who is really enthusiastic and ambitious. Now, hearing you describe yourself as a multipreneur with 40 odd books, I can now actually say, yep, right there, that T, that sums that up. I've always been that way. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, right? It's like, those are traits that are innate, right? It's not so you can't be taught that that has to be there. It can be nurtured and it can be bolstered, but it can never be instilled entirely on its own. So that's the most distinctive thing. That first T caught my attention because it really does show ambition. It shows energy and enthusiasm. The other thing, your T's were very, very talkative. I love the letter T. It's just such a delightful letter because they're so talkative all the time. The thing about your letter T is that when you have two T's together, like here in the word pretty, you use one line to cross both stems. Look at that enthusiasm. It's nice and long, goes across both stems. And that again, just shows that uh, you are somebody who's very efficient and you can make connections. I, I am very efficient. I've, I've gotten um, not in trouble, but when I was employed for uh, an employer, sometimes if I did my work too fast and I had time to kind of sit, they would give the inception that I'm lazy because they hadn't realized that I'd already finished all of my tasks. So what do I need to be doing if I finish my task? And they were always trying to figure out like, don't you need to be doing them? like it's already done? And that's, I love that. Actually, that's a great story. And that just shows it, right? That efficiency where you're using one stroke to cross the two stems. And the way that you connect it to the next letter often as well also shows us that you like making those connections too. 
And that is when you're working, if you can make connections between job tasks, it's going to make it go faster. Yeah. Because it's a way of what can I put together instead of repeating myself? What can I group together so it goes smoother? Always in my early nursing career, that's what I would do. I would um, group my care. And so I had to go into a patient's room. I'm getting them water. I'm giving them medications. I'm making the bed. I'm doing all this at once instead of having to go into the room 10 times. And that's so clear in your handwriting. See, you should have told your, you can tell your employer, not that you're probably ever going to have that again because you're a multipreneur, but next time somebody says, shouldn't you be doing something? You're like, no, baby, look at my T's. Yeah. My T's tell you all you need to know about this. And it's pretty much the antithesis of lazy here. Those are the most striking features about your handwriting. It's just that, that whole positivity, enthusiasm, energy, um, and efficiency where you can make connections and you're going to do it as efficiently as possible, as well as that creativity that we see that shows up visually. Now, you were so kind, Nicole, as to actually put in a lie. You're trying to deceive me somewhere in here. And the first, when I first looked at this, I thought, oh, this has warning signs all over the place. There's what we call shark's tooth here. You see how this A actually has like a real sharp edge to it. And it looks like a wave or a shark tooth. And we see those in several places. And so that's right there. That's a big warning sign. I'm like, whoa, this is not good. But when I zoomed out and I read it in context, it makes sense that there would be some emotion there. You are talking about your daughter and you're talking about some challenging moments. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to give that a pass. And I'm thinking you were just caught up in the moment thinking about some of those challenging moments that you might have with your daughter, which is a very cool story, actually. When I read over it just to, for actually reading the words to understand what you were writing, it sounds very interesting that you adopted her through foster care when she was just two months old. How old was she when you actually adopted her? So the official adoption goes through six months after they've been in your home to make it completely official. Okay. And what is your daughter's name? Lauren. Lauren. Very nice. Had you done other foster care or was she your first? Never done foster care before. No. What prompted you to do that? Well, actually, I, I did not go through foster care. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> that would be the spot, the lie. <laughs> that was your deception. <laughs> okay. Okay, I totally was not going to guess that. So busted. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. So but I did adopt my daughter. I did, but not through foster care. Okay. I met her soon as she was born. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was right there in the room, delivery. Oh, lovely. So part of it's true. Got you. It was just the foster care. You know, what is really funny about that is when I looked at foster care, I thought, oh, you've got some threading going on and you didn't really cross your T and the F is kind of weird. And so I noticed there was these anomalies in it, but I didn't even, I didn't clue into it at all that that was. That's hilarious because yes, it does look different than the other T's in the, in the text. Oh yeah, totally. And, and that was my flat out lie. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like it, and it's, what's funny is I even recognized it as being weird and yet I didn't, I was like, oh, well, okay, whatever. Yeah. But that's, that's interesting that you, I mean, I guess that goes into, you know, when you have a feeling and maybe you second guess yourself and that happens to everybody, but you know, now that you actually pointed it out to me, yeah, foster care and the tea looks completely different from any other tea. It does. 
Yeah, it totally does. It's very, very different. And the way that you did this threading here is very unusual for you. Oh, yeah. That's not something that we saw anywhere else. And, you know, I think part of that is just confirmation bias, right? I just thought of foster care and I thought, you know, some people have some very bad experiences with foster care. And I thought that that was the emotional part that maybe it was just. Uh... Yeah. 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 That, that, that could be. But it's so funny because I was trying to figure out, like, I don't know what to lie about. And in in my handwriting sample, like, what would I, I don't know, I could say something about my career or whatever, but we're talking about what I love here. And I mean, we do. I absolutely love my daughter more than I love whatever I do, you know? So I had to talk about her some way. That's interesting. Well, you did it. So you went for the classic, actually. The classic is to put the lie right at the beginning. So often if you talk to a statement analyst, they'll, they'll say usually people will put their lie at the very beginning and then they'll carry on with truths after that. But if you want to spot a lie, it's at the beginning. Personally, I find that usually in handwriting, often people forget about it. And so it tends to be later, but you've gone to the classic road and it's right off the bat. Okay. Thank you for playing along with me. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Nicole, the one thing we're going to move into now is love language and identifying what your primary love language is. And, and you have taken the test, right? And you do know what? I have. Okay. Excellent. What's weird is I, I took it a long time ago and maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I recently took it again this summer. Yeah. And what's weird is it changed. And I'm like, oh, okay. For sure. So why, um, what is it about that that you think is weird? I don't know. I guess I was so stuck on the fact that, you know, the time I took it 10 years ago or so, I guess I was thinking that it would have stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, 10 years is a long time and a lot of things can happen within a decade. So, you know, knowing how you like to receive love. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would think the receiving love part would probably stay consistent, but that's why I kind of thought it was a little odd that it changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's really interesting is a lot of the time we think we have these traits that are never going to change, right? Receiving love. That's something that's just core. It it cannot possibly change, but it does. I mean, who you are today is not who you were 10 years ago. Yeah, most definitely. Right. So the way that you are now feeling you need that love tank to use Dr. Chapman's, you know, language to get your love tank filled up is going to be a little bit different because your priorities have shifted. Your, your whole life is going to be in a different spot. Well, typically, everybody's life is in a bit of a different spot after 10 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's interesting that, it, that you were surprised by that. So you did take it recently, though, like you said, in the summer is when you took it? Yeah, I took it about July. Okay, good. That's really important that I know that you've taken it recently because exactly what you're talking about, how it does change. So if I'm looking at a handwriting sample that's recent, but you haven't taken the test recently, there may be some discrepancy because you've changed. So that's good to know that you have taken it recently. Now, with your sample, it's really quite interesting, Nicole, because there's elements there of words of appreciation. There's elements there for quality time. And there's a hint of physical touch. And really, when I look at something like this, it, it actually... It's indicative to me that right now your love tank might be pretty low. You're a little bit starving for some love and attention from a peer. Um, You're definitely open to all forms of the love languages right now. That being said, you definitely have one that is going to fulfill you 
the most. And I believe that that one is going to be receiving gifts, especially, especially if it's the gift of someone's presence. So it's, it's odd how you, how you phrase that the gift of someone's presence instead of something materialistic that someone could buy me. Right. Um, and you know, I, I want to say you're right and wrong. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Tell me more about that. So the gift of someone's presence. And that's what I was going to say from when I took it years ago, it was quality time. Yeah. And since then it has turned into physical touch. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that got me with my last relationship is that I did not have a lot of physical presence with that individual mm-hmm. and, and the way that you just worded that. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted from him was more physical time. And it just wasn't there. You know, when you think of gifts, I mean, you automatically go towards the materialistic stuff, but I just never thought of wording it that way, that it's a gift of being physically present with someone, having somebody by your side. Correct. And it's not necessarily about, you know, the public displays of affection. It's not necessarily about, you know, the snuggling or huggling or anything like that. It's just about that they're there walking with you and sharing the life. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, I thought it was really weird because I took the test again this summer and I got the quality, I'm sorry, I got the physical touch and quality time was a runner up, but they were both very close. So I think physical touch was 27 versus 25. It was something that was super close. It was almost like they were tied between the two. I mean, so that's why I say you're right and you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is working though. You're, you're absolutely right. That that gift can most definitely be that I have someone walking through life with me. And that's what I feel like I've been missing is, you know, a superficial relationship. Yes, we can go hang out, go eat, you know, watch a movie or whatever. But I want to know that someone has my back and I have their back. Yes, exactly. And I think that's one of the distinctions that Dr. Uh, Gary Chapman, who, who created the five love languages, he, he really does do that really well to say there is a difference between just having the presence, that person being there and knowing that they're there for you and sharing time. It's different than quality time, right? It's just they're there. Yes. So it could be, yeah, most definitely. Being with someone who is emotionally unattached and not, you know, fulfilling you emotionally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, even though, you know, mine comes up as quality time. I mean, physical touch now. And I, and I, I think the reason as a mother, it's physical touch is because I love cuddling with my daughter. Right. And there's definitely signs of physical touch here, but I feel like it's not the strongest one. I feel like if you were to actually get that from somebody else, they would be okay, but it's not the main one. It's not the one that would cause friction if you didn't get it. I can see that because there, there are times, and I was surprised when I had gotten that result because there are times where like, I don't want to be touched by anyone, but um, I kind of figured, well, maybe I got physical touch now because, you know, for two years I've been cuddling with my daughter, you know, since she was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so how we know, like you, you want a little bit of that is because you do have a lower zone that does get loops in it. Um, when you do the healthy, there's a nice loop here and my, there's a nice loop and why, and they, so we know that that is an aspect for you, but there's also places where it's not. 
it's it's not formed. It's not dropping far enough. There's not a nice loop in there. Some of them, it goes the wrong way. So that shows me that really and truly, it's not going to be your primary one. Like for you, if you want a little bit, but you don't need a lot and it's not going to cause friction if it's not there all the time, that's not the problem. Yeah, that's right. I want a little bit, but not a lot because I end up feeling smothered. Yeah. From anybody other than my daughter. That's a great way to put that, that you feel smothered. Actually, I love that phrasing because that's exactly what it is, right? Like for you, there's an independence here. You're not looking to somebody else for validation. There's independence. You do have your own thoughts, your own feelings. And in fact, you have this really interesting trait here where you see repeatedly throughout where the last letter is bigger than the rest of the letters. It suddenly jumps up. And it commands attention. This G in training is bigger. This S in moments is bigger. Beats S is bigger. This M is much wider and longer. And that really tells us that you do have defiance in you and that you will take a stand that can sometimes to other people, maybe it seems really sudden, but you can take a really strong stand in spite of what other people think. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that too. So that's the one where it really starts to say, you know, for you, that smothering that you start to feel when there's too much of the physical touch is because of that. Interesting. There is that independence that is very, very strong in you. That's so interesting because, you know, 2020 was a weird year for everyone with this pandemic. But before the pandemic hit, I was working full time as a nurse practitioner. And I was seriously contemplating, like, I need to just go ahead and do my own thing. I can't do this anymore. And, and what it was, you know, you say defiance, but it's, I guess, what, like, you, you know, the rules. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's when we went back to the efficiency with the T's. This isn't efficient. Why are we double working? Why are we doing things this way instead of doing it this way? This makes no sense to me. And I was thinking, well, I, you know, I've had my business for a while. Let me just go ahead and see if I can focus solely on it. But before the pandemic happened, that's exactly my thought process. Like, let me just go ahead and do my own thing because I don't like the way this is working. Right. (laughs) Oh, that would create some tension, I would imagine. Yeah. Interesting. So like I say, when I was looking at it, there's elements, definitely there's elements of quality time in there as well. But the reason that I'm going to peg it as that, you know, receiving gifts, which includes the gift of presence, is because essentially at the heart of that, you thrive on the love, you know, that the thoughtfulness and the effort behind that gift represents. And it's often found in people who are ambitious and generous themselves. Um, When you're a visual person, you're going to adore receiving visual symbols of love. And so when you have simply that person is there with you, that's a visual reminder that they love you. Well, I I can completely see why you said that, because it makes perfect sense when you explain everything. It's really interesting. I mean, I love the, the five love languages and I love what Dr. Gary Chapman has done with it and taking the test. I always find though, sometimes there's ones where I'm like, this is a really hard one to choose between. And yet you have to pick the best one. And it's kind of like puts you in a little box. And that's what I love about the handwriting is where it says, okay, this is our framework, but now we can take it and say, okay, this works and this work, but this doesn't. And how does it work together? And, and really when you're saying quality time and physical touch are almost tied, that's really the gift of presence. 
that's what you're looking for. Interesting. Because, you know, I don't remember the last time, the the first time that I took it way back when, I don't remember there being something super close next to it. I remember like one jumped out, but there wasn't anything else close to it. But with this one here and these two so close, I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. But yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Add them together and then you've got the the gift of presence. Yes, exactly. And like I said, it does show to me too that I think that, you know, a little bit of self-care might not go amiss, Nicole. Find ways to show love for yourself, right? Fill that love tank a little bit because I do feel like there are a lot of different signs in there that, you know what, you're really open right now to anything. I think having my daughter, I think everything has, I feel more complete than before she was born, obviously. And I feel like there's not so much of a rush to find a mate because I have a child, you know, at a certain age, some women, you know, I need to find a husband or et cetera, et cetera, so I can have a child, but I've I've got my child. And so I kind of feel like my view on relationships obviously has changed since she's come. And what you're saying is being open. I, I think I'm more open to anything as far as before she was here, I wanted marriage, but now hmm, I'd have to think about that. So having a committed relationship, you know, that would be great, but that's something I probably wouldn't have considered before she was born. Such an interesting perspective is to recognize that your whole view of relationships is being revised. Yeah. It's in flux right now. You're sort of like, what is it that I'm really looking for? What is it that I really want? And I just think that's so fascinating because when we look at the writing and it shows that you have sort of these different elements, there's, you know, there's elements there where words of appreciation would be music to your ears. And, you know, there's elements there too, where if somebody was to do, you know, take up and say, I'm, you know what, I'm going to take care of your washing the car every week. You'd be like, that's great. That's awesome. So it's like, you're open to trying all of them and dabbling to see what is it? What is it that fits me now? Yeah. Yeah. It is in, it is in a, it's in a situation. I'm, I'm in a situation in my head where I'm like, oh, what is it? Do I want? I mean, should I, I don't really know, but you're right. I, I'm open. You can go to coffee dates. We can go zoom dates and we can get to, you know, learn about each other and see where it goes. But I don't necessarily have a label on anything yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's cool, right? That's the best way to have it. You're just open and willing to see what comes next. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. So my lovely, wonderful, multipreneurial friend, I'm really curious to know while we've been talking, what's been in your mug? Have you had something to drink? Um, Just water. No wine today. I've just got sparkling water. So I'm right there with you. I'm going to stay hydrated. Yeah, you're in Texas. You need that. Exactly. Very hydrated. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. And if somebody wants to find out more about you, they're maybe interested in the resources that you have for the nurses or your children's books, how can they find you? So um, my nursing business is re-nursing. So it's R-E-N-U-R-S-I-N-G-E-D-U. So they can find me on renursing.com. And then my web design business, I'm actually going through transformation in 2021 to focus more on healthcare brand strategy. That is actually Studio 822. 
And that is the number eight and then the words 22. So that would be my website for that. And then as far as my children's books. So my children's books are actually written from the perspective of being a single mom by choice, which I am. And um, since I have so many other books under Nicole Johnson, I chose a pen name for those books. So my pen name for those books is Lee James. So Lee is spelled L-E-I-G-H and then James, J-A-M-E-S. And I have three titles for, for mothers or women who are considering being a single mom by choice and how to actually explain it to their child when their child is born. So I have one on IVF, one on IUI, and then my recent one that I just published actually on Thanksgiving that is about adoption for women who choose to adopt. And that one is just a little while longer. And that's, that's the one I'm most proud of for obvious reasons. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So Lee James is your pen name. Yes. For your children's books and they can find you that way. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's yeah. really cool. Well, thank you so much. I just have one more question for you, Nicole. Yeah. Um, you said it was studio 822. Where does 822 come from? Everyone's been asking me that. It's my daughter's birthday. Ah, August 22nd. Okay. Yeah, everybody's been asking me that. And I'm like, well, they're like, I know there's a meaning behind it, Nicole. I know you. Where'd you pick these numbers from? But yeah, that's what 822 is. What a wonderful way to honor your daughter and your work. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI. Hey, did you know that the best compliment you can give me is a referral to someone else? Please help spread the word about a most unusual tea party and my guest and share it with your network or someone who might find it interesting. If you enjoyed the show and want to know more about graphology and what Teresa is doing, be sure to head over to the website at www.handwritingpi.ca slash hashtag newsletter and subscribe to Handwriting PI's newsletter. You'll get early notice of future guests on the podcast. You'll see full samples of the handwriting and get more tips for analyzing handwriting on your own. And if you have it in your heart, leave a tip in the tip jar found at www.handwritingpi.ca. The Tea Party is professionally edited by the amazingly talented Casey Broda. If you would like to contact her or inquire about her services, look for at Casey Broda on Instagram. That's at C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-A. And finally, if you want to have an audio handwriting analysis done, like you hear here on the show, send us an email at handwritingpi at gmail.com asking for information about our AHA program. Thanks for listening.